This is Human Nurture, and I'm Jason Brand, practicing couples therapist in Berkeley, California. This episode is a couple clinical interview. This is where an actual couple brings their formulation of the challenge that has them stuck, and I get to help you figure out how does a couples therapist learn to do that. So while there is clinical information and material being presented here, it's for educational and informational purposes only. It's not to be used as clinical advice or counseling, and please don't use it as a substitute for clinical advice or counseling. So our couple, couple number two of the season is Ron and Shakir. They've been married for a long time and have a challenge, well, that they've drifted apart. It's a really good set of interviews. There's actually going to be three total. And I get fantastic insight along the way from my consultant pack therapists. But getting ahead of myself here, I suggest you listen to the How to Listen intro that I did last episode with my producer, Margaret Martin. And once you've done that, you can do this, which is listen to this, and then you can feel free to let me know what you think. All right, Jason at JasonBrand.com. So here goes the episode. Okay, we're recording. Good to see you both. Do you, so I thought we'd start today just by, by how did you guys meet? How, how did the two of you meet? Where I worked, I worked in school system in Flint, Michigan. And uh, this one particular school I was working at, here was actually a student at that time. And met her there, and then she left. Oh, you're breaking up. Hang on, guys. I have an idea here. Years later, I never met her again. Whoa. Oh, oh, hang on, guys. I can see that we're going to have a little technical difficulty. First of all, who is that guy? <laughs> That's his best friend. What's his name? He stopped. He's used to doing it. He stopped, yeah. His name is Neo. <laughs> Neo? N-I-O? Like, Neo? <laughs> yeah, thank you. He moved on off now for a moment. Okay. okay. Um, you know, I have an idea here, which is just in terms of sound. Okay, can say something. Can you see me or hear me? Loud and clear, loud and clear. Okay, wonderful. All right, cool. Well, you know, it makes me wonder. Just, I was just going to ask, how how are you guys today? What's kind of kind of what do you notice doing this thing? And well, yeah, how are you? We're doing pretty good today. Um, fortunately, the last few weeks we've been doing more communicating than we had in in past times. Great. And my wife has been out of town for probably a couple of weeks and uh, finally came back home yesterday. So we're, you know, just getting reacquainted. Got it. Okay. Check out with you, Shakir, that. I think so. And I think that maybe even having the intention of being more purposeful has, um, I'm looking for a word, has motivated both of us to maybe be more intentional. When I think in terms of Okay, I need to be more aware of what it is I'm doing and how that is impacting Ron. I think I give a little bit more attention to what it is I'm saying and what it is I'm doing and and the how that's going to flow. So I, I would say that yes, I am definitely more aware of my behavior, my responses. You think Ron has noticed? I think so. I, okay. I think so. Yeah. Cool. Check it out with him. Does he check out and see if well, you notice? Well, you know, as, as I said, our communication has improved. The fact that we are talking to each other more now. Before, I could say with all certainty that most days that went by, we might have two minutes 
to three minutes of conversation between us the entire day. And that has fortunately changed for the better in these last few weeks. So we are intentionally trying to make sure that we are more open and expressive with each other and, you know, trying to do our best to communicate and not leave anything in the open, you know, like being quiet for no reason. We're intentionally making sure that we are speaking to each other in a positive way. Great. Trying to imagine it. How do you be in a house with somebody and only have like two minutes of conversation? Do you, is, how do you, how do you manage to do that? Easily. Um, I think for me, not engaging in conversation is a way of being protective of myself. I have expressed to Ron that a lot of the times when I am engaged with him, I feel like he's being indifferent or dismissive. And so to avoid that feeling, I just don't engage. I don't like having to process all of that out. It takes so much out of me to try to figure out, okay, is he being indifferent because he's focused on something else? Am I just not important? So it, it, it was a defense mechanism for me. And I, I say it was, I, I would still say it is. Yeah. So I probably need to find a more, a healthier way to deal with uh, feeling like, okay, you're disconnected from me and I'm trying to get you to stay connected, but I can't. So I just shut down in order to protect me. Okay. And in answer to your question, you say, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. For years now, we basically have lived our lives in separate parts of the house. Uh, usually, Shakir is in the bedroom. This is where she spends most of her time doing whatever, a computer, phone, whatever. I am usually in our den where the TV is, and I'm watching TV there. So we're not in the same general vicinity. And there are occasions where we may be walking through the house and pass each other and nothing is said. We just walk by each other going where we're going and and that's it. Throughout the course of the day, being in different places and not speaking when we're in the same place means that we go through long periods of time without any conversation. Okay. I can get a flavor of it. And Ron, Shakir said that uh, indifferent that she gets a she gets a kind of a vibe or a feeling from you of indifference and um, dismissiveness. What's the vibe that you get when when there's when there's silence or uh, distance in the house? What I feel and have felt for some time is that she did not want to communicate with me. Uh, I use as an example, she was out of town once, came back, friend of the family came by, they sat in the bedroom and talked for hours, laughed and all that, and had a good time. When she came back, she said very little to me, didn't, you know, share any conversation whatsoever. So she could spend all that time talking to someone else, but not to me. So my feeling has been for some time that she didn't want to communicate with me. So when she says, I show her indifference, anything that I show is a direct result of what she's showing me. 
If she's showing me that she does not want to communicate with me, I don't try to force it on her or make her talk to me or anything like that. I just kind of let it go. So if, if that is indifference, then I would be guilty of indifference. But to feel that someone does not want to talk to you doesn't exactly motivate you to talk to them. So that's where you know I've been coming from. I didn't feel that she wanted to communicate with me. And the fact that she didn't kind of showed me that. So you know, that's what I went by. If you don't want to communicate with me, then I'm not going to try to force you to communicate with me. Anything new so far that you guys heard in these descriptions of what happens when you guys are in this distant kind of place? Anything new you've heard so far? Heard? But you mean heard from someone else or just something? No, no. I mean, just just now. Just now. Did you hear anything new from Shakir? Did you notice anything new that you said? Pretty much what has been said is has been expressed before. Okay. And we just did not, for whatever reason, make the attempt to communicate that much. We had these good times and then these times that weren't so good. And during the good times, we, you know, talk and, and share and whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's like something happens and we're no longer communicating. Now, being very honest about this, when we would go through those times of not communicating, to me, it was like Shakir would. Just get she gets to a point where she has to have something to talk about or disagree with or whatever or something she says that I've done or said that she didn't like and therein starts the silence and it's almost like it's not a matter of, of when or if but it's a matter of when it's going to happen. The usual pattern is we go through this nice little period for a week or two or three. And then something comes up where suddenly we're not talking to each other again. How are your lives when you're separate? Is it is it enjoyable? Do, you, do um, I mean I, I get that you're not together, but in your separate worlds, are you are you pretty happy? I would say that I have learned how to manage it. I've spent a whole lot of energy and time trying to come up with things that Ron and I could do together. And you know, years ago, I can remember asking him about just carving out some specific times. For us, like sometime during the week, because our schedules used to be really, really busy and we never got around to actually setting a time that was our time. And so over the years, I've kind of just I stopped expecting there to be our time and and just a strictly us time. So I poured myself into other things. And over the years, you know, those things that I have found to be distractions. Those things have changed. So, for example, like when we had young children, you know, I spent a whole lot of time focusing on them. I went back to school, so I spent a whole lot of time focusing on academic studies. After that, I got really, really sick. And so then I spent a large amount of time just trying to get healthier uh, because I was about dead. I think Mm. the last 14, 15 years, I've spent trying to figure out who I am, as I have understood that, okay, Ron has a life. My life has essentially been centered around other people, other relationships, and that kind of thing. So now that all my children are adults, it's like, okay, so now who who are you? What do you find enjoyable? How are you going to have a life separate from what you imagined or assumed you would have with Ron? So I've been focusing on that. 
I think the more I have focused on that, the less sad I have been, the less disappointed. And I and I have been purposeful in another way. And so I think I think that has helped me emotionally, but I don't think it has helped us because truthfully, there really is no us. There is we live in the same house together. Yes, we're married. Yes, we share some things, but we are not really coupled. Yeah, we're not really coupled. It's kind of like, like he was saying, he he watches basketball and all other kind of sports. I really don't watch those. So I end up in another part of the house watching whatever it is I'm watching or doing other business stuff like social justice stuff, helping people with their PhD papers, sorority stuff. I just have a whole other, we don't have a life together. And that's not new. We have not really ever had a life together. I think I've spent my energy over the last, I know, three years trying to figure out, okay, how can I be married but still have a certain amount of satisfaction without us actually being coupled? Got it. Hmm. So in answer to that question about how we are when we're apart, I say it's acceptable. We both accept the fact that we're not together and uh, have made a few attempts to improve it. You know, it's like once we get to that point where we're, we don't argue or or go through anything like that. We just don't talk. When we get to that point, it's like, it's acceptable. We go our separate ways in the same house and don't, you know, spend any time together. And it doesn't seem to create a problem. Now, do we think about it? I can only speak for me. Yeah, I think about it. But what I think is that during those quiet times, uh, the times we're not talking, that that is what Shaquille wants. And as I said, if that's what she wants, I honor that. I don't try to change it or, or make her do something she might be uncomfortable doing. So if she doesn't want to talk, okay, so be it. You know, I'm not going out of my way to try to make her talk because I've always felt if she wants to talk to me, she will. If she doesn't, then obviously she won't. What do you think, Ron, of this statement, there is no us? Well, based on the fact that we're never together, that's a, that's a true statement. Okay. Now, there is us as far as the fact that we are married. Um, we are a couple, regardless of how we're getting along with each other. But then, too, at the same time, we're not really being a couple. We're occupying the same household and, in most cases, spending little or no time actually interacting with each other. So to a degree, yeah, I uh, agree with what she said about that. And when she can have open and meaningful conversations with other people and not with me, then obviously my thought is that she doesn't want to have those conversations with me. And because of that, I don't push the effort of trying to be together or, you know, spend time together or whatever. Shakir, Ron has said in a lot of ways that that he's not going to push. Do you notice that? For me, that's not a new, that's not a new concept. That's not something that I'm just hearing. I have said to him for a number of years that I don't feel like he takes initiative in our relationship. Years ago, for example, when I was in school and he would say, well, you don't have any time for me. I said, well, you know, if you let me know that you're feeling Like, you just have to be with me. I'll put aside everything else. Well, I don't want to interrupt you. So this has been a chorus that we've been singing for a number of years. 
For example, recently we had the conversation about beginning conversations and talking about things that concern us. He said to me, which was not new, it doesn't matter who brings it up. And what I have said to him for years is that I feel like I'm the one that makes the plans for us to go places. I feel like I'm the one that says, okay, let's go out and do this. I feel like I'm the one that says, I'm really feeling lonely or discouraged or I need you. The response that I get from him or that I hear is, well, it doesn't matter who makes the first move. The move just needs to be made. And what I try to express to him is, is, okay, but I'm tired of being the one that's doing the work because I feel like I'm the one that's doing all the work. And I hear him when he says he doesn't, you know, we go along real good for a while and then the the bottom falls out or we just kind of go our separate ways. We get quiet. So today we had a conversation, which actually I found just a little bit off. And so I had to kind of say, okay, listen, hear, process later. He mentioned that his daughter from a previous marriage and his ex-wife were thinking about starting to bike ride. We have a couple of bicycles around here. And he wanted to know if maybe I wanted to give them a bicycle to do that. Well, one of the bicycles is my mother's. She passed away, what, three years ago? Two Mm -hmm. years ago? Three. Three years ago. And so I explained to him that, no, I didn't want to give them my mother's bicycle. I felt like, why didn't he know that that was not a good question to ask me? I realized that when I answered it, I answered it kind of curt, but I was trying to just answer it the best way I could. And so I was going to process it later. But I recognize that comments and questions like that, they really throw me off. So let me say just about that part. When I talked to my daughter uh, a couple of days ago, she mentioned bikes and, and bike riding and whatever. And, you know, I knew there were a couple of bikes here. So I said I would mention it to Shakir and our son who has another bike here. And today I did. You know, I mean, no big deal. I just asked if you want to part with it. If you do, fine. If you don't, it's not a problem. I didn't have a problem with the fact that she didn't want to let it go. But I I just asked just to see. We have a bike that's been here at this house for about 10 years. It has never been ridden. It's sitting out in our greenhouse getting rusty. And I just asked a simple question. Would you like to uh, let it go. She said, no, she didn't want to let it go. Okay, fine. That's, that's no problem. And there was nothing intended by asking the question other than just to find out if she wanted to, uh, let the bike go since, you know, it wasn't being used had never been used or anything like that. So for me, it was no big deal. You know, it's just a simple question. Yes, no answer. Whatever the answer is, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a problem with it and I don't know how she took it, but you know, it didn't, it wasn't intended to create a problem by asking a question only to find out if she wanted to release the bike. If she didn't want to release it, then fine. It's not a problem. You yeah, know, but I, I just figured that I would ask the question mm-hmm. just to see. So, you know, that was it. Yeah. There was nothing yeah. intended by it, nothing uh, meant to create a problem. It was just a question. And from where I sit, I'd imagine that this interaction that you're describing about the bikes left you both feeling rather lonely. No, it didn't. Not me. She's, she's I mean, amazing. to me, like I said, uh-huh. it was simply a matter. It's a yes or no question. If she, uh-huh. you know, whichever way she wanted to go, 
was fine with me. I didn't give it any additional thought. I asked the question. She responded. That's it. I was through with it. Didn't have to say anything. Didn't have to explain anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, What she said was acceptable to me. So that was it. I didn't, you know, have any particular feelings one way or the other about it. Uh I just asked the question. Let me ask you this, Ron. What happens to all your good ideas then? I mean, you had you had you had good ideas. You wanted to help out a family member. Um, you saw a, a resource that's sitting getting ro- rusty, um, and you wanted to be of help uh, uh, um, to somebody in your family. What happens to your ideas in that situation? Well, actually, if she, whatever decision she made, yes or no, was not a problem. I didn't have a problem with it because if my daughter wants a bike. And she doesn't get the bikes here. She'll get one from somewhere else. So that that is not a big issue. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. bother me uh, one way or the other. When I talk to my son about his bike, whatever decision he makes is fine. I got no problems with it. And I'll just let my daughter know that they didn't want to let the bikes go. And then she just has to go in another direction to uh, to get whatever she wants. Plain that seems reasonable. Yeah, that seems that seems totally reasonable. You know, I, I'm here to work for both of you, right? I mean, that's my that's my job. Um, mm-hmm. Ron, for for you, um, what would you like to put me to work on in terms of uh, maybe this interaction? Maybe there's nothing to work on. Um, maybe there is. Where would you put me to work? Well, it's hard to say because my main concern is and has been us communicating. Mm-hmm. We. My wife came up with an idea once that we write down these things that we thought about, wanted to have happen, you know, things that we wanted to share with each other about what we felt. I wrote a little thing with her. And the main thing I talked about in what I wrote was communication. In the letter I wrote, I mentioned that in order for us to have a meaningful relationship, there had to be communication, meaningful communication. Uh, with respect for each other, you know, no arguing, anything like that. But I devoted that letter basically to communication because without the communication, nothing else is going to work. Now, she wrote in response a different letter and had, you know, quite a bit of stuff listed on it that she felt was important. And, uh, you know, we both got our letters and we haven't done much with them since then. The letters we wrote kind of gave each of us a sense of what was important to the other and what, you know, each of us thought was necessary to make our relationship better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on communication, because that seems like the top one here, what is it that you're wanting in communication with Shakir? Talk to me. If we can go through an entire day and not have two minutes of conversation, obviously something's missing. So I want communication. I want to talk to talk to me about anything. I don't care what. It's just like it's it's treating me as though I'm a valued part of your life and that you enjoy being with me. If you don't talk to me, what that says to me is you don't care about me. You don't want to be, you know, with or around me. And that's not a healthy feeling to have in in a relationship because it's not going to make your relationship any better. In fact, if anything, it's just going to make it more difficult. So there's a lot there that you, that I just want to highlight. Uh, you want that being valued, being cared for, um, shown that you know that you're important. Um, it sounds like those are some of the parts of the kind of communication that you're that you're looking for. Yeah. What do you think is the top one out of, out of that list? What do you think is top of that list for you, Ron? Just plain talking. Plain Simple, talking. 
I mean, you know, if you're talking, you're sharing. And if you're sharing, you tend to make things better between you. If you're not talking, basically you have nothing. You know, we're here in the same house. We're not sharing anything. We're not talking. So what are we doing? Ignoring each other, not responding to each other, neither of which is very good. Mm -hmm. So for me, the top thing is simply talk to me. If you talk to me, I can talk back. We can share things. We can deal with whatever issue comes up if we're talking. But if we're not, then there's very little of anything that's going to be accomplished. I think I, I think I can see it, Ron, but I think... So Shakir's thing about you starting more. She said that a couple of times. What is... How, how do you how do you respond to that? Start more. Start, you know, start... Because she's going to say, I imagine, knowing you guys just a little while, that she's going to say, fine, I'm happy to talk. Just initiate more. Well, it depends on what we're talking about initiating. When we talk about doing certain things, she comes up with an idea, as she said, going somewhere, travel or whatever. I've been pretty okay with that. It hadn't been a problem where I've uh, resisted or said I didn't want to do it. Now, let me say this. She just drove to California recently, and uh, she and my daughter and granddaughter, and she asked me before she left if I wanted to go. Well, I didn't want to go, which I told her. And part of it is I did have a, a meeting of a group I'm a part of around the time she was leaving. And obviously, they actually, they left after my meeting. But that was a long trip. And I didn't think physically I would be up to driving to California and back. Well, as it happened, they drove to California, stayed a while, then drove back to Michigan, not back to Alabama. After being there a few days, they drove to Chattanooga, Tennessee, spent some time there, and then finally came home. I don't feel that I would have been up to all of that driving or riding. I don't mind getting on the highway and going somewhere. We've done it many, many times, but that was more driving or riding than I would have ever done in my life at any one particular time. So I didn't feel comfortable doing that. And I, and I told her I didn't want to go when she asked me, you know, if I wanted to go with them. Yeah. But other than that, I've been pretty receptive whenever she said something. You know, and we have had discussions about who's starting what or who's doing what, in which I've said things to her in starting something. And she has, in a sense, said that some of the things that I might be telling her about starting that basically she didn't want to do. And I'll give you an example. We talked about sexual contact. And, you know, I mentioned that to her that she doesn't show much interest in any sexual contact. Her response was, it's something that I have to initiate. And she didn't necessarily want to initiate it. Well, the thing is, you know, with what we're dealing with, with what she's dealing with, sometimes I would like it if she initiated something to show me she was interested. Because if she never uh, instigates or starts something or initiates something, then my feeling is that she's not interested. And as I said earlier, if she shows little or no interest in something, then I don't bother her about it. I leave it alone. So, you know, there are times that she will start a conversation about something or talk about going somewhere. She's the one who usually wants to go somewhere and travel. Now that I give her, you know, full credit for. She would normally say, hey, let's go here, let's go there or whatever. And um, usually in most cases, I go along with it because it's something I don't mind doing. But, you know, I don't know if her thinking is that I never respond 
when she wants to do something or when she initiates something, uh, that's not quite true. I respond to many of the things that she initiates. You know, I had tried to initiate something recently with her, which just involved walking around the block here at home, just as a means of getting some exercise, getting out of the house, doing something a little different. Well, since I initiated that, we've done it once. And, you know, that. That's it. That's all of that. There are times that I have initiated something and she's going along with, and there are times that I've tried to initiate something that she didn't necessarily go along with. So my feeling is when she initiates something, I don't try to turn it off or not respond to it. I, You know, whatever it is, if it's fairly reasonable, I'm all for it. And you guys agree on communication and closeness. So that would be more communication, more closeness would, would be a start. That was my personal choice communications. You'd have, uh, Shakira would have to respond to that one as far as how she okay. feels about that. Okay. Okay. What do you think, Shakira? Communication closeness, would that be a good start? I would say that communication is important, but understanding what somebody is trying to communicate with you or to you is more important. So for example, the conversation that we heard, had earlier about bicep, Ron was saying that it didn't impact him in any kind of way. That's fine. I realize it didn't. But my question to him would be, do you understand how that could have impacted me? It was simply a question in which I wasn't trying to get here to do anything that she didn't want to do or create it, create any situation that was uncomfortable. I simply asked the question, you know, if she didn't want to do that, which obviously she didn't, she answered me and told me that she didn't. And I thought that was fine. How that affected her, I don't necessarily feel the way she did about it because I don't know what she felt about it. I simply asked the question, did she want to let the bike go? And she answered that she didn't. And that's that's fine. If she you know, has other thoughts about that, if it affected her in some other way, it wasn't my intention to do so. As I said, I just asked a question and that was all. So wait, well, let me let me say this then. Yeah, go ahead. Um, since you, you brought that up, explain what it was you went through when I asked the question. That might help both of us understand what was going on. I am just now trying to complete the process of integrating that you needed me to tell you that I needed you to comfort me when my mother died. And when we are with your ex-wife and children, it is very, very clear to me that you are comfortable and you have fun. I kind of have to find my place in all of that. I thought that I had expressed enough to you for you to understand that my mother's passing is still very, very much an open wound for me. So to give away something that belonged to her over and above what I've already done, because I was very intentional about the stuff that I held on to. I'm processing that, okay, he didn't know that. Okay, so did I not do a good job at letting him know that? And I realized that you did not have malicious intentions. That's not, that wasn't my focus. My thing was, okay, I wonder if he understands how giving up stuff that belongs to my mother is just still painful for me. My wife has talked to relatives. She has told them to come to the house and go through her mother's stuff to see if there's anything they wanted. In a sense, you know, that says that she's willing to allow them to come and get 
whatever they want that belongs to a mother, that she's willing to part with certain things, clothes or whatever. But if she's willing to do that, is the bike any different? Is something that belonged to a mother, just like the things that she told her relatives to come and look at to see if they wanted to get some of it. So asking the question on my part, you know, based on that, she's, I don't know if any of the relatives have come and looked at the stuff, but she offered to let them come and look at it. So with that in mind, I didn't think the bike was any different that, mm-hmm. you know, if she didn't want the bike to go, then, I mean, she didn't mind people going through a mother's clothes and getting whatever they wanted. In my mind, okay, the bike is just one of those things too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said there yeah. was no, no no bad intent or anything in asking about bike. It was just a question. Now my wife brought up something. Wait, hold it's on one second. Hold on. Are you, can are you guys, first of all, do I, do I have permission to kind of play traffic cop here? Is that okay with you guys? If I kind of come in and just kind of route things because because yeah. I'm starting to see things as you guys are talking and, and it's going to help me to just go, oh, wait a minute, let's stop here and kind of reroute this. Okay. So is that, do I have your both of your permission to, to do that? You have my permission to do whatever it is that you think is necessary to be supportive of us having a healthier relationship, because clearly we don't have what we need to have the healthiest. Okay, great. I'll just, I'll take that as a, I'll take that as a thumbs up and endorsement from both of you. Um, Yes. Ron, will you just turn to Shakir, look at her and say, that confused me. Just try it. Even if, even if it doesn't totally sound like it fits, I'd just be curious for you to give it a try. That confused me. I don't mind that because, you know, anything that will help our relationship, fine. What you said confused me. So what? So tell me why it confused you. Well, that was his thing. <laughs> Even if it didn't confuse I better know. You know. He wanted me to say it. Was it confused? I didn't feel confused. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I cannot, I'm not going to say I was confused when I'm not. Well, well, let, let me tell you my thinking, Ron. Let me tell you my thinking. Fair enough. Very fair. Can I tell you my thinking? Sure. Was that Shakir has given um, a number of her mom's things away to other people, has asked people to come to the house. He said, you know, go through and take stuff. And the bike is there. Seems like it's part of the stuff. And so yeah. I thought that it, I thought that it might have been confusing about how she's making these choices about her mom's stuff. I thought that might have been confusing. It was confusing based on your telling. It was confusing to me. So I thought maybe that'd be a way for you guys to engage about it. Well, I didn't feel confused about it. You know, I, there was it was a choice you made uh, between the different things, the clothes and the bike itself. My wife said something a couple of minutes ago that that shed a lot of light to me. She mentioned my ex-wife. And this whole thing basically has nothing to do with her because my daughter asked me the question about the bike, not my ex-wife. And to let you know, the ex-wife lives here in our area with my daughter. Okay. And I think her close proximity to us probably create some problems for Shakir that she may not be expressing. Just the fact that she brought it up because this whole thing that we're talking about, the bike here, did not involve the ex-wife. It was my daughter that asked the question. She wanted to get two bikes from somewhere. And, you know, I mentioned to her that we had a couple of them here. At no time did the the ex-wife come into play, even in that conversation, just the fact that my daughter wanted two bikes. Yes, it did. 
But, but I like the way I like the way. Hold on one second. I do like the way that you guys are thinking or that the direction that Ron is going, which is this is kind of deeper than the bike, maybe. And I don't I don't know well enough. I mean, I don't know you guys that well, but I I imagine that, you know, that things like this are deeper uh, because there's yeah. a lot of water deeper. under the bridge here. You're and Ron right. has Ron has this hypothesis. It sounds like and I, the idea that that this might have something to do with with feelings that you have about his ex-wife and about her proximity to the family. Now it could be wrong, could be right, but that's that sounds like what is did I did I translate that okay, Ron? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's pick up from there. Go ahead. Now, guys. fortunately, our interactions Come on. are very seldom Come on. between Come on. the ex-wife. Come on over here. And us, you know, we may see them rarely, but I, I'm pretty right sure that Shakir has yeah. some possible ambivalent feelings about that because when they have come to the house, you know, usually when someone comes to the house, we all get together and sit around or whatever. Whenever they have come to the house, she has made herself absent from the area where we are. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she has shown that she doesn't want to be around if the ex-wife is here yeah now, now just, just, i can understand that wait, hold on hold on one sec hold on one sec Ron. just just because one thing that was important to shakir is that is that you understand her so it sounds like the ex-wife thing is is in there somewhere i i, I that, that sounds like one thing what's the other thing ron if you if you take a kind of reading here what is the other thing that she that's big for her well, one thing she said was that she comes up with ideas for us to do something. And what she's basically saying is she comes up with the ideas and I don't seem to agree with them, which I would kind of disagree with that. Okay. You know, whenever she comes up with ideas, we pretty much uh, go in that direction. I was thinking mom's death and that that still feels like a wound to her. It That's is. Because, you know, there have been several times when she says, I miss my mom. And, you know, I can only at that time say, you know, I understand what you're saying. It's going to take time. You know, my mom passed away 50 years ago, and I still feel strongly about that. It's not something I I necessarily bring up or whatever, but this because of that happened that I can understand what she's going through. Mother died January 10th of 2018. Last year, I forgot. For me to forget is nothing new. I forgot my kids' birthdays at the time. And, and, you know, usually I call them on their birthdays and wind up forgetting, thinking about it that day and never calling. And then the next day calling and apologizing because I didn't call. But last year in 2020, I just plain forgot. And she got very upset about the fact that I didn't say something about her mom's passing that day. You should see her face I mean, right I now. Did. She's, I forgot. She's having a reaction to this on her face. Yeah, I mean, it's a fact. I plain forgot. This year, I made sure on that date that I I talked to her about it, asked her how she was feeling, if everything was okay, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that that meant something to her because we didn't have any further comments or anything said about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my intention is always to be mindful of something like that. But one year, I, hey. I forgot, period. Blaming on my brain, blaming on whatever, I forgot. Well, one thing I notice about you guys is that, boy, you bring up a lot very quickly and things don't get figured out. I mean, now we've got mom's passing, we've got ex-wives, we've got sex, got the distance between the two of you, resentment, communication. I mean, there's just, it just comes very quickly. 
and things just kind of skip around in ways that if it were me, I would get overwhelmed and retreat to my corner. I'm not saying that this is what happens for you guys, but I would get overwhelmed to retreat to my corner because it's just, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot that begins to to come out very quickly. You guys notice that? Oh yeah, definitely. And there are issues that we, we deal with sometime. And sometimes when we deal with those issues, it is not one of the good times. It's when we're not really communicating. And, and in those cases, when we communicate, it's not always the most pleasant mm-hmm. of conversations. You know, we, we talk, but I don't know, sometimes like we talk, but we don't necessarily either hear each other or agree with each other. Right. I'm a little worried that we're losing Shakir here, Ron. Can you check in with her and see how she's doing? I think she's here. She just kind of went me- on a hiatus for a moment or two <laughs> how do you know how would what tells you that just give her a look and ask her how she's doing i'm curious um so the ex-wife's name is i am not insecure around maybe that's not the right statement no no that's the right statement i'm not insecure around i am however very much aware of how natural and how comfortable and how happy he presents when he is with and their children. For me, it is important and it has been important for all of us to have a positive, healthy relationship. What throws me off is, is that he actually, I feel like he enjoys himself more when he's with the other kids than he does with us here. He's, he's loud. He laughs, he jokes, he smiles. He's very open and free. He's not like that with me. I dare say I'm okay with that. And the thing with my mother is that we buried my mother. We had two funerals for my mother. We had one here in Alabama. We had one in Mississippi. I spent many of my teenage years in Mississippi. And so there were several people at the my mother's funeral who knew me when I was that age. So when we got back from the funeral in Mississippi, we were in the bed and Ron wanted to talk. And I told him, please, I just can't talk right now. But he insisted on talking. So the question that he asked me was, where was I? I looked for you when... The funeral was over. Where were you? You must have been with him. And I'm like, what him? And so um, we ended up having... Did you see Ron's face there? He had a very strong reaction to that. Yeah, he doesn't remember that. Yeah, he doesn't remember that. We had that conversation that night before I went to bed. And I kept waiting for some type of comfort because my mother, my best friend, the woman I had spent every day with taking care of and hanging out with was gone. And I never got that comfort from him. He finally Mm -hmm. explained to me last year, he said he didn't recognize that I needed comfort. He really hadn't seen me cry. I tried to explain to him when I am the person that holds the family together, I don't have that luxury, but I needed that from my husband and I didn't get that. And so that that's still very painful for me. And so my response today was, so you don't understand my pain when my mother is gone. And then you ask me the question about my mother's bicycle. And so we're going to give it to the people that obviously make you very, very happy. Now, you know, these are just what I want to say. I don't want to say they're like short picture frames that I get. Mm. Okay. Mm. And so I'm trying to process all of that out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lost now. So, okay. Well, I, well, so yeah. that, that was that was helpful, and maybe so. 
clearly a lot of there's a lot of emotion feeling that's now in the room. I can just see it by your faces as you're talking. I feel for both of you, you know, I mean, if I put myself in Ron's shoes, he had this idea that he was just asking a pretty innocent question about a bicycle and he wasn't trying to, it wasn't a big deal. And if it's the answer is no, then it's no. I can see that. I can see how, and I could see from Shakir's perspective that with these mental pictures kind of popping out, these images popping up as the question is asked, how overwhelming that would be and how much that would just, it just triggers so many ideas and thoughts and hurt past hurts and, and raw wounds, as you said. And so I can see how, you know, just bottom line being that the two of you want to be able to just be able to comfort each other, to be able to have just normal conversations, right? Like Ron has been saying, I just want to be able to have a normal conversation. You want to be able to do this for each other, but how it's going down right now, it's really, it's really driving you guys apart as opposed to, you know, this being like, um, I'm sure if I can speak for Ron for a minute, Shakir, I'm sure that if he, if he knew that, oh, we're going to talk now about your mother's passing, then that space would be made for that. Or, oh, we're going to talk now about feelings about, about how I seem happier at my ex-wife's house. Oh, there was room for that. I imagine that would be, that would be, that he would be willing to make room for that. Ron, I imagine that Shakir would be willing to make room for just sort of, you know, shooting the shit or just for being able to have easy kind of, let's, let's have a quick conversation about something and have it not be so many feelings in there. So much big stuff coming up. I imagine she wants to do that too. But right now this kind of, uh, connection between you is not allowing that to happen. It's very blocked. It's true. Uh, you know, listening to what Shakir said, there are issues there. One being her mom, two being the ex-wife. Uh-huh. Can I, I'm going to pause you here, Ron, just because I, I, there's so much up. I, I, I'm reluctant to go too much into problems or like looking at this, getting deeper with this stuff, maybe going a little bit wider. I, I just want to ask you guys, how are you doing right now? What do you notice just sitting here now? What, what if you could just kind of give me a, a little a little temperature gauge on how you're doing? I can speak for me that just the fact that we're talking about this, I feel fine. The fact that we're bringing this stuff up, we're getting it out in the open. I can't speak for what Shakira is going through because obviously she's going through, uh, you know, different emotions based on different parts of the conversation that we've had. So I, I can only... When you say fine, Ron, what do you mean by fine? Just just help me. I mean, I'm not in any way getting either bent out of shape or upset or emotionally charged because of any part of our conversation. I'm feeling good about the fact that we're talking, the fact that we're sharing, the fact that things are being brought out that need to be explored, talked about, solved in some way. So I feel good about that. I think Shakir is feeling something different because of the the things that we have discussed and what impact those things have on her. Okay. Well, you know, one one way to do that, one way to figure that out would be just to, just to turn to her and ask her, how, how are you doing right now? So give that a go. How are you doing? Your facial features and your body language are showing one thing. How are you feeling? Dispel what those two things are doing. How are you feeling? I... I thought that I had done more healing, but I don't think that I've, no, I understand now that I have not done as much healing and I am still very, very hurt. 
About what? About the conversation we had the night we got back from Mississippi. And I think it hurts even more because I recognize that your response was you don't remember having that conversation. So I kind of disagree with what you said. It's not a matter of not have not remembering the conversation. You said that I said you were with him. I haven't said anything about being with him or whatever, I told you that I was looking for you and couldn't find you. You said you were with the pastor, and I didn't go any further into that. The him we're talking about is a previous boyfriend that Shakir had in Mississippi years ago. The boyfriend was at the funeral in Mississippi, and my wife says that I said something about being, she was with him. I don't know where she was or who she was with. I simply and I said to her that we were, I was looking for you and I looked all over the church and I couldn't see you. And she told me she was with the pastor of that church who had uh, presided over the funeral. And I did not say anything about her being with him because I didn't know anything about where he was or she was. So we have a disagreement on that part of the conversation. Yeah, it's a good question that you guys are asking. Um, and I think we should put our minds on it. So a past hurt has been brought up. It's here now. It's, it's It shows itself to be needing some healing and that there's clearly a lot of hurt there um, for Shakir. So what do we do about it now? Do we try? Do, I mean, what do you guys think? We can figure this out. We got we got another 20 minutes or so. What I mean, is the best thing well, now? I, is have to, a, I have a question. Yeah. A question for Shakir. Wait, 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 wait. I, I have something absolutely brilliant to say that I think needs to be heard. I'm just kidding. I, I, um, I want to, I want to, I just want to make sure that we're, that we're making a good choice here about what to do. Do you want to go with the content of it, of the moment, or do you want to go with helping each other out in this moment when there's just a lot of feeling in the room? What's going to be the best for the two of you right now? That's why I was going to ask a question. Okay, well, then go for it. The question is really a simple question. And the question I want to ask you, Kira, is what about the things that we have discussed today are creating the most problems for you? That was the question. Ron, just ask yourself for a moment, based on Shakir's reaction, how did she react? How did she react to your question? Just taking a look at her. How did she react? She has not actually reacted. She's apparently in deep concentration about Very good whatever. information. Very good information that you just got, which is that she's still back on something. She's got her mind on something. That's a, it's an interesting idea that the question might be that she's, her mind is on something else. That might be one thing that you're seeing. Yeah, I think the fact that she has not responded, that she's basically silent about everything shows that she's in deep contemplation about something. And until she says something one way or the other, I have no idea what that might be. Yeah. Can I hold you here one more second, Ron? I know it might get annoying, but do you get, do you notice any feelings of feeling um, worried? Uh, yeah, any worry when when she's kind of often in her own place do you do you worry at all about what's happening with her i can't say that it's worry i mean if you want to call concern worry then yeah um my thing is that obviously whenever she feels like it she will respond in some fashion at some point in time you know i don't know if or, or think that the remainder of this thing we're doing is she's going to 
you know, stay as is, I, I have no idea. I'm assuming that she's processing thoughts and at some point in time will express what it is she's thinking. Mm-hmm. What, and what are you concerned about? What she's going through right now. We have spent time recently talking and, and discussing and, and dealing with things that have in the past been a problem. And I thought making good headway at a time like this right now, when she's so deep in thought, then naturally my thinking would be, well, what is most of the thought about and does this make us go backwards or what? So that mm. would be my concern. So there's concern there about how she doing, and that might be something that you could ask her. And there's also concern that you guys had been heading on a good track and you get concerned that this is going to set you backwards and you don't want that, Ron. Nope. Well, I wonder if you just turned to her and said that, and what, what the reaction, what kind of reaction you'd get those two, those two points. Well, the question I asked before is what in the conversation that we've had has bothered her the most or created the most discomfort for her. And I, I still think that's the question at this time. And until, and unless she says something one way or the other, you know, I'm still at a loss as far as, you know, where we are and what we're doing, where we're going and all that. I just need to hear something that kind of tells us where we are at this time. When you ask the question, what in the conversation has caused me the most, I think you said problem. And I was searching to try to see if I could actually answer that question because I'm not sure. I wasn't sure that anything had caused me a problem. And so nothing that we've discussed has been, our conversation was not revelatory. The emotions that the conversation evoked, I, I I thought I had moved past a lot of that emotionally, but I hadn't. And so, and I will say this. I I think I was as equally assaulted by your insistence on holding that conversation that night. The conversation, yeah, holding a conversation when I had told you I just couldn't. I was every I was just done. I just didn't have it in me. I think I was as equally upset about that as I was about what I perceived the conversation to be about. And in the midst of all of that, while I was trying to search back through what my experience was about the about this particular conversation that we're having here today, this event, I looked up and I realized you had turned to the Ohio State basketball game. And and what ran through my mind is, so are you watching the game or are you right here with us? And so I was processing all of that, trying to figure out what my, I knew what my thought process was. I was trying to figure out what my emotional process was. You know, it was just like, okay, so emotionally, I'm not upset about it. It feels normal. It feels regular. It feels consistent. So um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, It does make me feel like at that point, it made me feel like, okay, you still need to be very protective of yourself. But I want to know how we can have a healthy us. Yeah, I want to know how we can have a healthy relationship. Because truthfully, when I give all the consideration in the world, I like my home. I like the fact that I am comfortable with Ron. I like the fact that I am familiar with how our relationship is. It's not that I don't want more, 
Because of course I do, but I don't think I'm ever going to get more. I don't expect to get more. I just, I just need to know how to be healthy in whatever this is that we have. Let me ask you something, Shakir. Um, what do you think happens for Ron? If you can just play mind reader for a moment. What do you think happens for him when he turns to the game at that moment or when he decides to turn away? What do you, do you know what goes on inside of him? I don't have a clue. Okay. I don't have a clue what goes on. I can tell you that my, my internally, I feel like I've always felt without as much pain because I've always felt like I come after work. I come after softball. I come after fraternity. I come after, for me, I don't feel like I've ever come first. I used to think that I misunderstood, but I think that I had a whole list of assumptions that were faulty assumptions. And so I'm trying to get rid of the faulty assumptions and just look at reality and and try to live my life with the reality that I have. And so I spend a lot of time in evaluation. I spend a lot of time in thinking and and how to be purposeful and intentional. But let me slow you down a little bit here because so th- it sounds like you don't know what happens for him when he makes the choice to tune into tune you know tune to the other channel. Um, you, you don't really have his what goes on for him there. I don't. I don't. Let me say this. We're in our den. There is a TV in here, and there was some basketball game on, which I was not watching. And I noticed the time, and I knew what time this other game came on. I turned it on, and that was it. I'm not necessarily sitting here watching the game. It's on. Mm-hmm. I don't think that during our conversation at any time that I have been disengaged or not involved in it, I'm paying very strict attention to what we're doing and saying, and I'm not necessarily just sitting here watching TV. Uh-huh. I'm sitting here involved in what we're doing. Uh-huh. Did not you know that? Basketball game. Same question, Ron. Did you know that Shakir was would? Do you know that it would hurt Shakir? Do you know what happens for her when you when 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 you do that thing where you just kind you know, of by changing in? channel? Yeah. Did you know the the impact that it would have on her? Did you take that into no, because uh, yeah. I didn't think it was a big thing. I just changed channels. As I said, I'm not sitting here actively watching the game. I'm quite in tune to what we're doing and saying, and this is where my attention is. Mm-hmm. The game itself is on, but you know it's just on. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know. Have you picked up on me being disengaged or not a part of what we're doing? Well, I'm very curious about what happens for you when you disengage. That's not an answer to the question, though. Um, you've been very present today, and, um, and both of you have, and I, and I really appreciate that. I think that part of what Shakir is getting at is this thing that you described very early on when we were talking, which is there's a whole thing going on in the other room. People are laughing. You seem to be having a good time. Where are you? with me. What's happening? Why are you not focused more on me? And I think that has something to do with it. For Shakir, I think that, uh, you know, that there is a lot of, of hurt that's been accrued 
over the years. And um, she really wants a place to be able to talk about that um, and to process that. She's gotten good at doing it on her own, or she's done a lot of work, it sounds like, to do it on her own. But she's wondering, to what extent can the two of you do it together? I do think, you know, your question, Shakira, I want to take it up seriously in, the, in, this, in this last part of our time today, because we'll, we're going to have another chance to meet, but is what do you guys do to work on this? What do you do to make an us? And I think you both want an us. I think that that's something that you're both, that you're both wanting. Is that, am I right about that? Is that both of you wanting an us? Mm-hmm. I, I want an us. You're right. Okay. Okay. You know, the things that we have been discussing and, and, you know, dealing with lately has been the fact that we're trying to be closer to each other and share things together. Mm-hmm. We haven't been anywhere or gone anywhere together because my wife has been basically gone for a good portion of the last month or two. Mm-hmm. But here at home, you know, like I'm in the den, she comes in the den now and she sits on the couch next to me Mm -hmm. before if she came in here she would sit at least five feet away from me and she Mm -hmm. says that part of the couch is comfortable to her so that's why she sat there but she and and, you know i said before that just imagine what could happen if we were sitting close to each other Mm -hmm. you know how good that could be so we have been making the the effort in recent time to share more together, to be closer together, to, you know, talk and, and, and share whatever things are on our mind and whatever may, you know, be an issue for us or something of that nature. So we've done a lot better in, in recent times, you know, and the question always comes up as in the past, how long does that last? Well, it's going to last as long as we make it last, you know, unless we, either one of us comes up with something that's going to create a problem or make things difficult for us. So, you know, it basically it's on us to stay on the right road and to do the things that are going to be most beneficial for us. You guys uh, put each other to bed at night and say, say, and greet each other in the morning. So we greet each other every morning. As far as when putting each other to bed, there are times that uh, Shakira will go to bed earlier than I do. And, you know, I may go in the bedroom and she's asleep. There are other times that, when I go in the bedroom, she's awake. So I won't say putting each other to bed, just the fact that sometimes we do get in there and go to bed at the same time. Well, I would, I, I mean, in terms of something that I think that you, that, that just a practice that I would advise between now and the next time we meet is that you try to make an effort to just greet each other nicely in the morning. Good morning. How'd you sleep? Nice to see you. And then at night that you guys make a real effort, even if you're going to bed at different times to just say good night to each other preferably in the same room, preferably with, you know, eye contact. Um, and that, that, that those key times in the day that you guys are really um, uh, trying there. So that would be one thing that I would, that I would recommend that you try. In terms of other things I think that might build in us, I, I get the feeling, um, Shakir, that it would be, it would be good for you to just kind of occasionally just kind of sit, come close, come close to Ron and just kind of like, like now, like now you can see on his face. He's, he, he <laughs> seems he's lighting up as you say that, that just, just get, just come close, check in, tell him that you're here, that you're thinking about him. And then, you know, 
maybe then then maybe giving it a little bit of space after that maybe just just saying i'm just thinking about you i just wanted to stop in and say hello maybe just a quick hello and then i'm going to go now um just just quick check-ins like that i think would be helpful ron i think that on your side that it would be helpful to make intentional time this is my wish list. I don't know if all this happens, but that that you would make intentional time, Ron, where you say, you know what, this afternoon, I would just like to just sit and just kind of listen to whatever's going on for you, Shakir. Um, I won't, I, I, I'll just listen with, with empathy, with understanding, compassion. Um, and let's just, I'll just want to make some time just to hear what's going on for you. Not to problem solve, not to defend, not to do any of that, but just to listen. Makes sense. So if you guys could try that, I would. I I, I think that that you might get some mileage out of out of that in terms of in terms of just um, building more of a sense of closeness. What you guys have in front of you is a situation where there there are a lot of things that have been swept swept under the rug here um, for many years, and it does seem like when the two of you finally get together, that it's kind of hard not to trip over all the stuff that's been swept under the rug. And so it does make it a little bit dangerous when the two of you try to come together. And what we're trying to do here is lower the amount of threat and danger that the two of you feel when you come together. And I can tell you that the way that you're going to lower threat and danger is going to look different for each person, that you're going to have to learn to do for the other person their version of what lowering threat and danger looks like. And we haven't quite defined that yet. I gave you some sort of you know, just cookie cutter things based on my early impressions here. But I do think that you're going to have to get good at one, acknowledging that there's, uh oh, you know, there's a lot in the room here. And we keep adding to it, which worried me actually a little bit today is the way you guys just keep throwing logs on the fire here. Um, and you don't say, well, let's take the temperature down. Maybe, maybe, you know, wait a little bit just to let this simmer acknowledging that there's a lot of danger in the room threat and then getting good at once you've once that's happening getting good at doing for the other person shakir i know that when i brought up that bike thing that it brought up a lot of feelings for you i want to make time later to hear about them just to just for you to have your feelings ron i know when you brought up that bike thing you were just looking for a quick contact i, I don't think that you were looking for the whole you know, for all of the feeling around it. And, um, and I just want to let you know that it doesn't make sense for me to have the, to, to give the bike away because that means something to me, but you didn't do anything wrong by asking. That would be doing for the other person based on, based on my quick assessment here. I don't know you guys that well, but that, but that, that would be doing mm -hmm. for the other person and, you know, do, do back and forth over and over again. And you get closer tit for tat, you know, you hurt me, I hurt you, you hurt me, I hurt you. You get further and further. You're going to have to build a whole new wing for your house. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Or separate houses next door to each other. <laughs> or different neighborhoods. Different neighborhoods. <laughs> God forbid. Let's hope not. Let's hope <laughs> this is a, this is that the den can be a place where the two of you can, can come together easily without so much, without so much hurt in the room. Let me say this too. You know, we we talked about my wife talked about the fact that I'm watching a, a basketball game, a football game, or something, and she's not interested in them. You know, there there have been you know many occasions where my wife is coming here with me in the den. I give her the remote 
so that she can watch whatever she wants to watch. And I do that out of concern and out of uh, um, respect and, and, you know, wanting her to know that in being in, here with me doesn't mean that she has to watch what I watch or anything of that nature. She has the, the ability to look at whatever she wants to, you know, if she wants to change to something else. Yeah. And yeah. I do that as, as a common courtesy. And I don't doubt that you're both really trying to extend a hand to the other person. I mean, I, I, because it's really clear just the way that you have been today that you both want to do right for the other person. That is 100% written all over this. It's just how to do it from a place where, where you're not both feeling so hurt. Somehow those, those gestures that you're both doing for each other are not landing enough that it's, that it's consistently bringing you close together. Hopefully this time, it sounds like there's, there's real movement in that direction. Hopefully this time it, it works a little better so that you don't have to spend so much time away from each other. All right. Shakir, how you doing? I just want to check in with you before, you know, as we start to wrap up here, um, you've gotten a little quiet. What's, what's happening? I was, I was focusing on what you were saying over the last few minutes about um, doing for the other. And I, 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 I agree with that. It, it's something that I definitely intend to be more purposeful. I can say that I have not been focused on doing for Ron. I have been really, really focused on trying to make sure I am doing self-inventory and I have been taking care of me and just trying to find balance and foundation and footing. Yeah. I, I can see where my being so focused on trying to find foundation and footing has put me in the place where I have not really been focusing any attention on doing Ferran. And can you still do that? So let me ask, are we going to do this again sometime? Yeah, I'm going to get to that in just in a second. That's that's the follow-up here. Okay. Can you do both, Shakir? Can you do? I I can do both, but I think, I think it was necessary for me to do do the work that I've done for mm-hmm. for my own emotional and psychological health. I'm very much aware now that in times past, I kind of function on making the relationship better. And so I have sacrificed a lot of who I am, what I want, what, yeah. A, a lot of who I am and what I want to try to make sure that, okay, my children had the relationships that they needed and they had the kind of life that they needed, that my parents were comfortable in doing what they needed. I mm-hmm. That our relationship just stayed stable. So if I didn't want so much, if I didn't need so much, if I just put my stuff on the back burner and just kind of compromise, you know, that would be good. But in as much as I realized that I was not doing myself any favors. I need to mm-hmm. find that balance. Yeah. And so, yes, yeah. I can do both. I need to balance it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I see what you're, I see what you're getting at. And I think it is really important. And Ron, I think there is something here about women and giving up themselves over a lifetime. And I hope you and I, Ron, that we can sort of think together about how to how to how to give Shakir the opportunity to really live a full life that that doesn't make her turn off parts of herself 
and still be in close relationship with you, that you and I could think about, you know, that, that, that we could be on the same team about letting Shakir really be her full blossom self and that she could still be in the relationship with you. Is that something that you would be open to thinking about? That sounds good to me. Even if it means changing some behaviors? I'm not against change. Okay, cool. All right. Well, it's been, it's been just, I uh, really appreciate you guys talking to me today. Feedback for me just about how this went for you guys or anything that you liked or didn't like that I did? I, um, I am so thankful and so grateful for your time and for your timing. I am overwhelmed with the possibility of opportunity. Anything I that could appreciate have been, the fact that we're able to talk about things and have a person listen who is not involved in our relationship, uh, a third party, so to speak, who can objectively look at what we're saying and maybe see some things that we might either be overlooking or not paying enough attention to. So, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that and look forward to you either making suggestions or, you know, coming up with something that you see that we may be able to do or try that could cause us to improve what we're doing. Anything that didn't feel good? No. Not for me. If there's follow-up thoughts and you guys want to share them with me or, you know, things that you want to let me know, do not hesitate to reach out, okay? Okay. All right. Sounds good. Very, very nice to meet both of you. I wish you uh, a wonderful weekend. Put each other to sleep. Wake <laughs> each other up. Don't wake each other, but say hello to each other in the morning. And um, I'll see you next time, okay? All right, then. Thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, it. Thank you, guys. It was wonderful talking to you. Thanks a lot. You take care, then. Bye. Bye. Yes. Well, that concludes the couple clinical interview with our guests, Ron and Shakir. Thank you so much to them for participating. And thank you to you for listening. Please tune in again next week when my colleague and fellow PACT therapist, John Guy, joins me. And please leave a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. And please drop me a note, jason at jasonbrand.com. Thanks so much again to you for listening, and I will see you in two weeks.